I encourage everyone to take a moment and breathe and take a tea cheers with a Jiri tea. A Jiri tea recognizes the beauty in shared stories and shared opportunities. Ajiri sources award-winning tea from Kenya, employs women in the region to handcraft the labels, and sends 100% of the profits back to the region to support orphan education. Save 10% on your order of Kenyan teas and coffee with the code BEAUTIFULLYHUMAN at ajiritea.com. A-J-I-R-I-T.com. Tea mugs up! Hello, and welcome to the Beautifully Human Podcast. I'm Nick Sheesby. In this podcast, I speak with beautiful humans from all around the world, sharing with you their incredible stories, revealing the power in every human story to spread love and humanity to a world that is in desperate need of it, to show that we can all connect in beautiful ways, no matter where we come from or what we look like. What you will find out is that we are all beautifully human. Let's all be beautifully human. Hello and welcome to the Beautifully Human podcast. Today I am hanging out with Megan Johnson and we get into a lot of good discussions about religion and how we both have navigated that in our lives and the realizations that we have come to and uh, we came to them at different parts of our life but we're both at a pretty similar point uh, and it just leads us into some really cool avenues some really beautiful conversation if you enjoy this podcast follow us on spotify follow on instagram at the beautifully human podcast rate review and subscribe on apple Podcasts. it helps get these stories out to more people and that is awesome and i truly hope that you enjoy this conversation. So I love to start these off with a very broad and overarching question and let you run with it and take it wherever our conversation may lead and say, tell me the story of your life, Megan. Wow. That is a very broad question. And I love that. It's just very like open-ended. That's really fun. Um, so the story of my life, well, I grew up in the North woods of the upper peninsula of Michigan. So I am a youper for the folks who are familiar with that term. And yeah, I grew up in the middle of nowhere. I um, was homeschooled for like all the way through um, high school. So, you know, rural, you know, very adventurous, creative little homeschooler Megan. That was me running through the woods and doing crazy things and making forts. Um, And (laughs) along with that, so at a pretty young age, um, had to deal with my parents' divorce, which was um, pretty messy, a lot of gaslighting and manipulation and just confusion on a number of levels from folks who were supposed to be taking care of me, but then ultimately kind of, I ended up having to to grow up rather quickly. Um, so that, I feel like I'm just like kind of telling the story as it fits in with my own, like narrative of how I coach people or like what I, what I coach, which is self-reformation. So those initial things really caused me to have to kind of fit into this box of being very responsible, kind of doing all the right thing in order to stay safe. I had to become a certain type of person at a very young age. 
also was raised a pretty fundamental evangelical Christian. So that also had its set of rules and things that I had to follow again in order to stay safe, to be tended to, to have friends, to have people that I could call family, a lot of rules that I had to follow. So grew up, kind of followed all those rules, didn't really think otherwise again, because it was the safety piece of things. So went to school for graphic design you know, very creative, starting businesses at a in high school, and then, you know, went off to college and did the same thing, worked in some normal jobs, found that I just really don't love normal jobs. Nine to five does not work for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and started a marketing agency. And that's when I actually moved down to Nashville. So started nice. a marketing agency with a friend. Um, and that experience was really interesting for me because a lot of those old narratives are not even narratives, but a lot of the old um, tendencies, I suppose, came up for me where I suddenly kind of stepped into the role of codependent. I stepped into the role of people pleasing within that business partnership dynamic. And the result was, you know, some, some gaslighting, some manipulation, some power over dynamics. And um, I had a lot of, because of that, I had a lot of like physical ailments. I was getting very tired, very mm. fatigued. People pleasing is not necessarily the best thing for your health. Right. <laughs> um, and that experience ultimately that um, came to a close and it wasn't a very, um, wasn't a very beautiful close, but it happened. And at the, um, some good things came from that though. And that was really me actually questioning all of these narratives. So following that experience, I noticed, oh, wait a second, my Christianity is not what I thought it was. Oh, wait a second. There's a lot of um, like incongruencies in, in these different relationships. And oh, this is actually not a reciprocal relationship. What does that even mean to have a healthy reciprocal relationship? And just asking all of those really important questions that all of us have to face at some time or another. Yeah. And so that's really kind of what I look at as being the kind of catalyst for my self-reclamation journey. And that's kind of what I teach as a coach is self-reclamation. It's coming home to yourself outside of all the narratives. And um, yeah, that's like, that kind of led me to life coaching because I had a life coach really walk me through that journey, led me to a lot of freedom, a lot of realization. Um, and now I live in Wisconsin, which is very different from Nashville. Yes. <laughs> um, but we live in a beautiful little lake town and it, it's, um, it's really fun to now live by family and we have a little bit more flexibility living in a, a smaller town. So we have a lot more adventures and things of that sort, which is fun. Um, but yeah, that's like a, a rough overview and I feel like I missed some things, but I'm going <laughs> to see what came up for you and I'm sure we can start yeah. down the rabbit hole now. Yes, definitely. <laughs> What I mean, I'm just gonna the the one thing that really stood out to me on your website, which I loved, was creatives, misfits, and holy outsiders. And then mm -hmm. another part that I took from it hand um, hand back the bullshit stories and cookie cutter molds. I yeah. grew up very in a, in a very small town in Ohio, and it was very very cookie cutter, very Christian, very closed minded. So when you kind of had that moment for yourself, what, what you said, your Christianity wasn't what it, what you thought it was. What, what was that, mm -hmm. that, that came up in your mind with that? 
Yeah, it was really just when I was honest and started sharing some of my experience of what had happened within the marketing agency, I had a number of people say, well, you must have misunderstood or that that's, that can't be true. Or, you know, these other things. And it was just this, um, and they were, they were people that were supposed to be safe people. They were church people. They were people that, you know, were supposed to have my back or at least be able to hold space for both stories potentially being true. Cause you know, people have different perspectives or, you know, whatever. And it was that sudden realization that even if something is is wrong, church folks, not all church folks, but a lot of church folks will actually, is that they, uh, it's that incongruency piece where they may say they stand for one thing, but then it's actually so that they can look good in front of other people. Yeah. And that's really what came up for me was it's like, oh, they actually care less about me than what they say they are. And they care more about not disrupting the system. Yeah. And if I share my story and it doesn't fit within this happy system, it's actually not welcomed. And that, you know, of course, then like once you see that, I feel like it's like, oh, and that happens to a lot of people yeah. that happens. That's and that's really, I think, what 2020 has shown us, too, is so many more people are becoming aware of the stories we're seeing, um, you know, like trans folks and their stories. We're seeing black folks and their stories like gaslighting and manipulation is so present in all of the systems of our society. Yeah. And for me, that was just like the small portion of seeing that within the Christian world. And that like resulted in a, a I don't know, a flood of realization as, as that just, I don't know, became aware of all those other things too. Yeah, it is. It's, it's so, yeah, it's, it happens, like you said, to so many people. And I, I, it happened to me, like, I think I was still pretty young when it happened. I, I was probably like sixth, seventh grade and I was just looking at it and it was that very just broad of, Oh, we're going to say this. And like the Bible tells you this and like, w mm -hmm. here's, here's the standard, but yet life is not, it's like down here far below what you're saying and what the people that were in, in like the power positions in the church and also just even my parents like, and their friends. And I'm sure you saw this as well. It's just like you said, it was that mold of, of, you have to fit into it. And then if, if you bring up mm -hmm. something different or you go a different way, it's like, no, no, no. Like it's not that love and acceptance of all. And mm -hmm. that just always bothered me so much, even at a young age. And then like I started, I found like started listening to punk rock and I started hearing these like other ideas. And I was like, Oh shit. I didn't even know that was something like, I didn't even know that was a different way to think because of where totally. I grew up was very, very small and I just hadn't been other places to to know that or be told like with languages or other cultures it was it was just what we had in small town Ashland and it was like this is it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so yeah yeah it's 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 tough when you have those realizations but then like once you have them it's like oh my god look at like mm -hmm. just looking into it and like you said 2020 with just like a lot of the hatred and a lot of the ignorance is coming straight from that sector. And I'm not trying to generalize, but a lot of it was coming from 
a previous president also that was connected to the evangelical mm-hmm. part and it was just like mm-hmm. how in the fuck that ever got paired together i mean i, I can see yeah. where it happened but it was just like unbelievable totally yeah well it's interesting too because i i think um when we reach that point whether it's you know at sixth or seventh grade or whether it's as an adult there's so much um there is like this willingness to to sacrifice the acceptance of other people um and like I think that that's something that whenever anyone reaches the point where they notice those things, I mean, we re- we reach that point many times. I think honestly, yeah. we reach it, and ultimately, we just have to come to a point where, like, it's not worth it anymore. Even if these people reject me, I'm going to go for it anyways, and yeah. I'm going to seek this other path. Um, but what I think is so ironic about it is, I feel like that's honestly just so much more of the story of Jesus in general, anyways. Is he was like, "Fuck the system, I'm going to go this other way." Yeah. And yet the church is, you know, the complete opposite yeah. majority of the time. <laughs> right. Yes, that is so true. I, I I, think that all the time I'm just like, also how people have just like, yeah, put it in this box and taken it from love and acceptance, which is every religion to like, mm, we'll love and accept you until you're this or that or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. And yeah. yeah, like you said, Jesus definitely said, fuck the system. Even if it was just the person who is Jesus in the stories, like... He wasn't hanging out in his little pod of safe Christian people. And I've, I've always I've, like one of my thoughts on it that I just, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. Right. Is if you have the answer to life's riddles, like we're all going through life, trying to figure life out. That's just what life is. You're trying to do it mm-hmm. the best way you know possible. And whatever that means to you, we don't, none of us really know what comes after it. Mm-hmm. it for a hundred percent right but mm-hmm. everybody that claims to know why are you so angry at other people wouldn't you be the one that would be the most accepting the most loving shouting it on the rooftops that i have the answer i fully know that this is the answer like why are you like most of the time angry and less accepting of people it's like if that's you the care more about the dogma versus like the freedom yeah <laughs> So I also think like if you get to heaven's gates, God's going to sit there and go, what did you do with your life? Like you sat there and and you kept your close Christian friends and that was it. And you didn't really go and talk to anybody and you didn't accept these people. Like truly, what were you doing with this one life that I gave you and you didn't know past this life? What were you doing? I think he's going to be pissed off at a lot of people. If that's, if that's what really happens, he's going to be like, what were you doing? Like you should be loving (laughs) when, when the people get their backs turned on them by society, which so many people do, you should be the ones pulling them in and telling them they're good because you were created by God. Right. And creationism, you should be the biggest tree hugging hippies. There are, because if this is God's earth, then how the fuck are you letting this all happen or not believing that global warming's happening or that all these things are ruining this earth and it's like dude that's the core of what you believe how are you against mm-hmm. that like you should be the first person if you believe in creationism that is the crux of what you believe in so all of it i'm yeah. just like blows my mind it, it's truly well it's so interesting too i actually was watching a port it like, came up on my instagram today um a portion of a sermon and it was actually just really interesting too, just to recognize that 
I feel like part of the problem too is sermons these days are taken out of context from the Bible. So people aren't even reading the Bible per se. They're sure. hearing it from, from sermons that are mostly a person's opinion. And yeah. that's it. Like they insert biblical principles ish, but it's not even the Bible. And so even if you like, say you're a Christian, you're, you're listening to these um, almost like self-help sermons yeah. that are someone's opinion. They're not even like, it's, it's like self-help opinions right. <laughs> um, with some Bible verses dropped in to make you feel good that you're like checking the boxes of going to church right. and, and that's it. And then that's your theology is this person's opinion versus actually taking a look at the scriptures, um, which I don't really read the Bible anymore. Um, but I do remember so much of it. And when I even just think of it, it's like, oh, like it doesn't make sense how the church responds to so many things if you actually do look at the Bible. And yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways. Same. So we could go on that forever and ever. I'm sure we could. I'm yeah. going to shift it out of that too. When you had that moment and now you have your coaching and your podcast, the reclamation, like what, what did that look like for you? Where did, where did you find yourself shifting to just with your thoughts? Cause that's a big road to hit especially mm -hmm. when, when you've had that for so long and then you're kind of like, well, damn. Yeah. So yeah. what did that look yeah. like? Well, it was a lot of sitting and just saying, oh, damn, <laughs> like, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a lot of, after the marketing agency closed, I really just sat with myself for a while because like that was kind of the goals that I had set for my life and kind of my, the trajectory that I had for myself was creating my own graphic design and marketing business. Like that's what I really wanted. And kind of when that came crumbling down, it was this space then where I had to really reckon with myself and I had to say like, well, that didn't work. Do I want to try again? What did I learn from that? Um, what's the through line that's keeping me running businesses? Cause like I said, I started some, like my first business was shooting photography in high school. Okay. And that like carried me through college. And that's when, you know, when I studied graphic design and then got into marketing. So it's like, okay, well, what's the through line of these different things that I'm doing? And so much of it, while they were all very creative, it was also just this recognition that I want to help mirror to people that they're good. I want to mirror to people that anything is possible for them. Even when I shot photography, I wanted to capture really authentic moments to show people how incredible they are. And so when I kind of like pulled back the layers and realized the different through lines, I was like, okay, well, life coaching changed my life. It really, like, it brought me from, you know, cystic acne and chronic fatigue and sleepless nights and people pleasing to feelings empowered, to recognizing my autonomy, to self-actualization, like uh, so many other things. And um, yeah, just like all of that. So it's like, okay, well, if that was so beneficial for me, what if I pursued that? And for me, a lot of it too has been um, breaking through some narratives because I had such a, I had a pretty traumatic childhood. Some of it was also breaking through the narratives in my head that said, because you faced trauma as a child, you're not capable, mm. like you're broken, yeah. which I think some of that was a Christianity as well, but like, you're not capable of actually helping other people with their mindset. Um, you're just broken in that space forever. So it was like, I had to work through some of those narratives and recognize, oh wait, I'm not broken. Oh wait, 
I am, yeah. you know, I can train in these things and I can learn how to do these things. Um, and it just, yeah, that's kind of just what it was like a progression as I, I walked through that and, you know, came home to the realization that life coaching felt it brought me a lot of life. Yeah. It was the, like I said, that through line, just like holding on to that and letting a lot of the other stuff fall away. Yeah. And I, I think also on uh, what you were saying is a lot of that comes from traumas as, as a child, but a lot of it, mm -hmm. I know from, from when I was growing up and still to this day, it's, it's one of the big traumas in my life is, is family and childhood and stuff like that. And it's because it was, mental health just wasn't a topic because it's mm -hmm. like, what, what are you praying about it? Is that, that's the way you fix yeah. it. And so it's like, yeah. when you're sitting there and you're, you're like, well, shit, I'm broken and I'm just stuck in this. Like, that's just kind of how I've seen so many people in that sector of Christianity mm -hmm. just get to. And it's like, well, this is what it is. It, it and that's that. And it's not it's like, like a life sentence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there's not a way of like, oh, I can talk to a life coach. That would be something that would be looked on and mm -hmm. frowned upon in my my world. And like even with with my parents, I'm currently having a really rough patch with them. And it's because I, I told them that the, it was a very dark mental space that they put me in because of their relationship and how it's been for since I've been born 36 years ago like and I always responded with well whatever a dark mental space is and I'm like means you make me fucking sad and it it hurts too much <laughs> to be a part of it but it's yeah. it's that that whole stigma around mental health or mm. talking to somebody about those things that I'm, I'm sure you were feeling mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah definitely yeah, it was it was interesting for me. My experience as well was because of my parents' divorce and the way that it unfolded. Um, I also we had to go through my younger sister and I. We had to go through like court mandated counseling oh, sessions, okay. which were not awesome. Yeah, I can't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I feel like my experience with that too was just very like I had to like work through those narratives as well because they just we're not very supportive. And I mean, to this day, like I absolutely believe in therapy 100%. I think you always have to find the therapist that works for you because that for me, again, it was just like this realization that, um, I don't know, they, there was not a safe space that felt like it was being held in those arenas. So sure. that's why I think life coaching was so attractive to me. Like, and then, like, as I grew up, um, but yeah, it was like a different experience with, with that. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know where I'm going with that. <laughs> how, how that young weird. were you when you were going through all that? Um, it was, it was, it was quite a long period. So it was like between eight and 12, okay. I think. Um, but it was on and off in different people. Um, yeah, I remember being very like obstinate about it. And I don't know, they ask you to draw pictures and I would, you know, purposefully draw really like dark, scary things. Cause I was like, you don't know anything about me. Like, fuck this, even though, you know, that wasn't in my verbal <laughs> communication set at that sure, time. Yeah. <laughs> I was just in my brain. I was like, you don't know anything about, I don't know. But so I was probably also just a very difficult child, but <laughs> sure, yeah. But I mean, going through that kind of experience is not easy so and no. it's at the same time when you're learning language you're learning you're really learning mm -hmm. about yourself and so even at that point you might not have known yourself well enough to 
or you probably didn't, I wouldn't have been able to express myself well enough at eight to 12 <laughs> to say anything constructive that, that would have been helpful for somebody. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, I think like a weird time, which gives me a lot of compassion for just children in general. And I feel like it's just so important for our generation to continue to heal ourselves. I know like on social media right now, I feel like it's very popular to be into mental health and to be into self-development. You know, we've got the holistic psychologist and a lot of other psychologists that are really kind of promoting that, which is really beautiful. Um, and I do feel like it's just so important because the more we can make those things normal and we can encourage folks to heal themselves and to take responsibility for our mental health, I feel like that's just gonna help you know, the generations that come after, ideally. Yeah, and I mean, I know we in our generation, every generation is going to have a lot of shit to deal with, but there's just, in this generation of kids, I feel like, A, they have, there's just a ton going on. There's just so much mm -hmm. happening that I never would have known as a, as a child. I didn't know as a child. But like you said, yeah. it is it is a really beautiful wave of mental health. I, I know the life coaching thing is, is a really beautiful new avenue that's come up pretty mm -hmm. recently. I don't know the full history of it, but I think there's just so much more out there, but there's also more ways of handling it. And as I was thinking, I was like, it's really nice that like you're in a, in a, in a town in Wisconsin now that may or may not, I don't know exactly what it's like there, but may not have all kinds of people that are thinking the way you do. So it's nice that like mm -hmm. people like us are kind of, moving around in the world and maybe not always in the smaller towns, but like branching out and at least mm -hmm. knowing that we've come from a small place and knowing what the kids in those places are going through. So if you're meeting them or mm -hmm. you just have a way to put it out there of like, I was there, I get it. You're probably not getting those, the, those ways taught to you. So you can be cool. Like it can be all right. And you can get out of that box to get there. So I think it's really beautiful totally. that you're doing that. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I really love life coaching. It is really beautiful. And it is really fun. Um, kind of just speaking on the life coaching front of things, something I, I love. So when seeking a therapist, you always have to look like within your state. And that's something else that I think is really cool about life coaching is you can find coaches from anywhere. So like yeah. my, my, coach that I go back to over and over again, like virtually she's in like Springfield, Missouri, but then I've had a coach in Australia and, you know, like it's, I think it's really fun. Cause you also just in a coaching relationship, you can get a lot of, um, awareness to what's happening in other places in the world yeah. and just different insight into like expanding your thought process because they're people that are coming from other places, which I think is super cool. Yeah. Um, and that's something that wasn't necessarily accessible, you know, 20 years ago or whatever, totally. <laughs> which is still a little wild when you realize how young the internet is. Um, but totally. I was just thinking about that the other day. Cause I, I, I was in the generation where I remember the AOL discs. I was, I was old enough. Like I was, I don't know, seventh, eighth grade when that stuff started coming out. So I remember instant yeah. messenger. And now I'm like, could just zoom into anything around the world. I watched a friend of mine graduate from school in South Africa and I was like, that's yeah, so rad. That's like, so cool. Unbelievable. Um, but it brings, it brings up a good way to segue to this. And like you said, just getting to experience 
other places, other people, where they come from. I think it's, I don't think, I know it's so necessary, especially from this country standpoint. I think it would help people to just go somewhere where they can't speak the language, where mm-hmm. they feel uncomfortable and just get into it. And then you might come back with a little more empathy for people that are coming to our country who are having a tough time mm-hmm. getting in, in, you know, yeah, back into into our culture or getting into it for the first time. Um, I ask this to everybody: If I came to you, and obviously COVID restrictions aside, we're in a in a world where we can travel normally. Where would you go if I came to you with a plane ticket? And I said you can go anywhere in the mm-hmm. world. Currently, I like super want to go to Scotland. All right, like that's on my. I don't know. We went to Europe two years ago. Um, kind of did Northern Ireland, Paris, London, down to Italy, Venice, you know, kind of like, I don't know, it was, it was a pretty big trip. We did a lot of things, um, but we didn't hit Scotland. And for some reason, I've been watching, watching a lot of uh, BBC lately okay. because it's just, I don't know, it's, the gardening stuff is just really <laughs> calming. Yeah. I don't know, but I love watching it. And um, I think Scotland just looks really beautiful. So I'll go to Scotland. Cool. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Um, in your travels, what is the most surprising place you've been to? Surprising. Um, what do you mean by surprising? Um, like for me, I, I went to Romania and I was just shocked at the beauty. I was shocked at the culture. I was mm-hmm. shocked that it was, I felt like I was in an era before I was born just the history of it just even down to like meeting a beautiful woman who took you and cooked you dinner and it was just like wow i was really shocked that that happened any kind of just like off the wall or just better or worse than you thought yeah i feel like i could say a little bit of something about everywhere that we went in europe specifically i really haven't been that many places like we went to europe once Um, My husband's traveled more than I have. Um, But for me, like Rome was surprising because I felt like I did not like it nearly as much as I thought. And it was very touristy. It was cool. Like, don't get me wrong. It was very cool. But I was just very touristy. And I I preferred kind of the less touristy areas. Uh, Venice was like everything I ever could have wanted Venice to be. So that surprised me because I felt like I didn't have a high expectation because it seemed like it would be like a you know, it's very confined. So I thought it would be very touristy and it was, but I don't know. It was also everything, you know, like the canals and music and all, it was just gorgeous. It was perfect. I would go back there any day. And the art there was just incredible. Um, and then I think overall, something that really stood out to me in my specifically my travels in Europe were like these internal knowings. I felt like that um my ancestors had come from there you know like it's just like different parts that we were traveling I was like I feel a connection here and I don't know what that is so I you know I got my whole DNA ancestry thing and I'm mostly English and have like a little bit of Scottish and a few other things and I don't know it was just fun to look at that after the fact but it was just interesting to travel and be like feel like I came from these places. What is this feeling? <laughs> yeah. Which I found very interesting. That's super cool. And one thing that I I had happen, I my 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 family, my last name Sheesby, so it's a very English name as well. And um a lot of my family came from like the English countryside, like 
hour or two north of England in a okay. like Coventry area. And I went up there and I took a train and I just went from like Coventry to Baggington because it was just like kind of rich in my family's history. And I was going through there and I was on the train and I was just like, this looks so much like where I grew up in Ohio. Like mm-hmm. just looking out, it was cornfields. And I like, I didn't even know that existed in England just because I'd never been in the countryside of England. And I was just like, okay, no wonder my family that came from England in this part found this place in Ohio. Did you find that when yeah. when you're in those places now looking back, was that something that you were feeling too? Yeah. I noticed that a lot of my family came from like coastal areas, um, like coastal areas in, gosh, I'm going to butcher this because I don't know my European geography nearly as, as well as I should, but it was like a bit of Germany and just like some Scottish and like a little bit of, of English. So just kind of like the Northern kind of sections over there. Um, so a lot of it was coastal. And when my family came over, so my family came over, majority of them, like almost at the like beginning of the United States, <laughs> like it was with like on the first ships. Yeah. And so, but it was interesting to see they like started in New York and then they went to lower Michigan and then upper Michigan. Um, and then like my family was a little bit all over the place in like Wisconsin. Um, but it was interesting to notice that they all stayed near coastal kind of areas. Yeah. And like, even now I'm drawn to like, we live in a lake town. Cause I love, like I, before I knew any of this, I love being near water. Yeah. I love having a lake or a coast of some kind and so it was interesting to notice that that there's always a little bit of coast even if it's you know lake michigan which is not the ocean but it's it can feel pretty big at yeah, times so say, it, yeah it's pretty i monstrous. thought that was interesting mm-hmm. it is really cool yeah i i didn't i didn't realize it either and then like i had that big realization like oh okay no wonder like this makes sense when i get to like little rolling hills like i got very car sick as a kid so i don't have great memories of it but i do when now that i don't get car sick going through there and just seeing those places it's so neat it's so neat when you when you get to get to finally find out and i was actually surprised that i had more like scandinavian which it was a very small Mm -hmm. part but i was like i've always been drawn to scandinavia and yeah. then it's cool to see like there's so many people from Scandinavia that came to like the uh, like the no- northern parts like Minnesota and Wisconsin and probably some in Michigan too. It's it's yeah, really neat yeah. just to see like where these groups got got used to their geography and then came over and we're like, well, we're gonna find that in this country. Totally, really yeah. It's really interesting right now. I'm doing. I have like a stack of giant books here because I'm researching. Um, the chakra system and also human design and seeing like how the centers in the two of those uh, systems correlate or if they correlate. Uh, But it's specifically in the chakra system. It's really interesting because the, some of the like studies of it, or, you know, like what people have witnessed about the chakra system is that they also hold energy from like ancestors. Mm. And so, you know, when you're healing or opening your chakras, it's also kind of working through your ancestral patterns. which in general, I think the chakra system is so interesting because it does correlate with the anatomy and the body and like your nervous system, which I think is so wild because the nervous system is also what controls a lot of uh, the fight or flight response and like trauma responses. Mm. So it's really cool to like see how those map. Um, but speaking of ancestors, I just thought that was like an interesting thing because we've 
feel like studies are more so recognizing how our bodies can hold some of those ancestral pieces. Yeah. It's like when that stuff comes up, sometimes I'm like, oh, I wonder if that is like a something my body's carrying that, you know, my mind cognitively, I'm not totally aware of, but my body remembers, you know, it's really interesting. That is super interesting. I love that. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so growing up in the upper peninsula and you were homeschooled so tell me about like your adventures as a a child i've only been to sault saint marie in the upper peninsula is that considered upper upper peninsula yeah okay yeah yeah that is um yeah so growing up i actually didn't explore much of the up and like my husband and i are now planning to go up we're actually taking a trip in like two or three weeks or something to go explore a little bit and do some kayaking up there um but yeah, for me, it was it was a mix of different things because when I was really young, you know, we lived in a, a larger house and I was able to explore on the little property that we had there. And then later on, um, kind of more in my like high school years, we had more land. And so I was able to do four wheeling and like just we had we had lots of like, I don't know, dirt roads and things like there's like nobody around. Yeah. <laughs> So it's just like a lot of building forts, a lot of snowshoeing, a lot of um, cross-country skiing. I didn't really do downhill skiing until college, but we did a lot of cross-country skiing and um, yeah, just being outside. And I think that that's something that I really pulled from childhood as well is just the importance of doing nothing. Um, And I've noticed, especially in adulthood, when there are seasons when I don't do nothing, it's I'm usually not as healthy just as a part like mentally and physically I'm not as healthy and then when I have those seasons where I give myself pockets of space to just stare at the clouds or you know look at the trees or whatever like I did that so much as a child and it allowed me to process things and to think and for everything to just kind of settle and ground and um that's like I feel like a skill that just came so naturally to me as a kid and now I like have to relearn it sometimes because it's easy to forget. Um, yeah, the UP was a fun place to grow up. It was, um, I think it's interesting because a lot of people who grow up in the UP stay in the UP. Right. Um, so there's that too, where I'm like, I don't, I don't love that part of it. Like, I wish there was a little more, like it was known for, you know, setting people free. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I still like, you know, have fond memories of the wilderness. <laughs> yeah. And it's such, it's so, so important. I, I, I talk about it a lot of just the importance of even just play in life of, of just mm-hmm. give yourself that time. Yes. Life is serious. You do have to make money to survive, but also just those moments, like you said, just laying there and looking at the clouds or mm-hmm. just like giving yourself that freedom to, get away from all of it and just be for a second. I, I, I'm hoping out of the silver linings that do come out of the pandemic, that that is one of them that mm-hmm. we yeah. just take that time because like we were talking about before we started rolling in Nashville, it's wide open. I mean, you couldn't tell the difference between 2019 and now, but that just brings so much stress of the fast pace again and just, life mm-hmm. coming at you quick where you can't even react because you just have to be moving and going and i'm hoping that people took the time to find some self-love some some self-reclamation some just moments for yourself because i'm hoping that as as we get back to 
whatever the next chapter looks like that that people actually took that time and take it with them not just leave it here and mm -hmm. say well that was 2020 and part of 2021 let's get over it i don't want to deal with that shit yeah. anymore it's like bring that with you i'm hoping that that was something that people took the time to do because i know i've said it a billion times uh, i just wish i could slow down like just have mm -hmm. a pause button and we did and now i'm, I'm hoping that people took that time for for that self-love and the self-reclamation yeah yeah and it's really just like choosing to be human like giving ourselves permission to be human yeah. in the fat like the many facets of that not just going all in fast-paced and i don't know i was as you were just talking i was kind of thinking and, and reflecting a little bit too and that's like the title of your podcast is like beautifully human right and so in order to be beautifully human we also have to be just be yeah like that's like the beauty is in the being it's not always in the doing and it's it's so easy and yet we so often don't give ourselves permission to yeah. see that and even though it's right in front of us we don't see the beauty we don't see the freedom we don't see the opportunities for for nuance and for play and for you know just enjoying what's what's here and and that's that's it like that's the whole thing and and where we're seeing the world whether we're talking about um like earlier you had mentioned kind of the climate crisis and all this of all of these things are happening because of industry and, right. and this fast-paced living whereas if we pause we can actually self-reflect and self-love and and tend to the earth as well um yeah yeah hopefully Hopefully we'll all bring that into our present and the future after this past year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I almost three years ago now, I was at the beginning stages of liver failure and I mm. was presented very quickly with the choice of becoming a sober human or not living anymore. So thankfully I took the route that I did and I, that was my self-reclamation, self-love, self-empowerment yeah. moment to take back my life. But in that moment, I was just sitting there when I had to look at my life and think, what have I done with my life? And it's a really incredible moment. I was 33 and I was told I might not have a night left on this earth. And so I'm looking at my life and I was, I was really proud that I had just done life my way and that I that I took chances and that I, I really did enjoy life I, I did a lot of drinking which took me to that place but it was a really beautiful time of reflection in that moment of the scariest shit I've ever been through hopefully the scariest mm -hmm. shit I'll ever go through um, yeah but I always challenge people like have a life that you're going to be okay with coming to the end of mm. nobody wants to die but we all are going to have to have that moment sometimes it comes way too soon for people which is incredibly sad but when you have that moment you're going to reflect on your life it's it's impossible not to mm -hmm. so i always challenge people it's like go take that chance that you've always wanted to enjoy yourself live this life because when you get to 65 or 70 or whatever time it's going to be by the time we get to a retirement age, it keeps getting longer and longer and you're getting older and older, older to, re to retire in that. I mean, I'm nowhere near that path of whatever that is, but yeah, 
I, I just get really sad when people are living to get to that age to then start traveling or see the world. And I'm like, yeah, I lose energy every single day because I'm getting older and I'm not saying I'm old or that I'm lacking energy, but I, I can tell that I'm not having as much mm-hmm. as I used to. So it just makes me sad when people are living just to get to that age. And then, then I'll go see the world. It's like, go now. You can always come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it comes, it comes back to the like conversation we started with too, with like fitting into the cookie cutter molds and the boxes. It's deciding the path that you want to walk. Um, and so many people feel that there's only one option and that's that linear option, mm-hmm. but the linear option keeps changing anyways. Like it's supposed to be safe and linear and you get to retire by a certain age, but like you were saying, it's changing and it's not working for a lot of people. And it doesn't work for a lot of people similar to Christianity. Right. They say it's going to be one thing and then it ends up being different and people get excluded. And, and the linear path is the same way with work. Like some people, it just doesn't work for them and the system doesn't work for them. And so it's like, well, if you think outside of the systems, if you think outside of what we're told, like, what does your core say? What does your intuition say? What does your gut say? about how you want your life to look like and like what would it look like to have a life of integrity for you um and then being willing to pursue it because it can be terrifying totally. <laughs> it's not easy um it's not but then it also can be yeah and that's i think you know we we can choose to as well to take something that I'm trying to give myself more permission to do is to take the easy route. Cause sometimes I think we get addicted to taking the hard route and we think that everything has to be hard when sometimes it actually can be easy. Um, but it's, it's, it's a mix. It's both. And I think, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just that outside of the box living that willingness to, to step outside of the comfort zone and see what else is possible. Yeah, I I love that. That's that's straight right up there on your your website. I I, I just I looked at it for a second and I, I immediately went to that because I was like, that's just it's so needed. the The more people can say it and and encourage people to do that, and I, I like how you just said it's okay to take the easy route because yeah, we get so addicted to the got to be tougher. We're not making strides, and you can mm-hmm. even if it is easy because sometimes you're just really good at what you're doing and it just comes easily and that's okay too. But just, yeah, to get off that linear path and just go explore, go, go live, go see what you want to when, when you have the time. Yeah. Yeah. Allow life to be a little more of a dance and play. (laughs) Yes, totally. It's yeah. I, I fully encourage everybody, everybody I speak to, especially, I mean, I, again, had that, that moment where I just had to figure out like, do, do I want to, I'm at this crossroads of living or dying. Do I want to just go into a really safe, easy way? And I was in my hometown in Ohio and a lot of people were like, well, you've done this now it's time to settle. And I was like, I didn't just go through what I just went through to just stop now. I can't do that. Yeah, That'll fast track me to drinking and dying quickly. And I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not good with that. I'm going to go do yeah. something else and just keep on doing what I wanted to do and live life. Yeah. So many times recently it's come up in some podcast interviews that from my podcast and for other people, uh, where it's like the thought process of, um, if you do something the same way over and over and expect different results, 
like it's the definition of insanity or whatever it is like that little quote you know and sometimes i think that's it too is we we like keep choosing the safe route expecting different results from the safe route but then the different results don't happen and it's like well you can choose the safe route or you can you know choose that other route and it's scary and it's risky and it feels terrifying but then you're actually living and you do get the different results yeah um yeah yeah because i i i can't even imagine i can't even think of what life would have been like had i just stayed there and played it safe quote unquote or settle Mm -hmm. whatever i'm like I can't even, I can't even think about it. Cause it's, it was never in my mind. To it do it that. feels like insanity. <laughs> it does, yeah. <laughs> totally. A hundred percent does. I, I, yeah. And it was, I, I came to that. I came to that moment again, because at that moment I was like, okay, do I go back to church? Is this something, is this the time where this mm-hmm. will start to make sense? Because I see that a lot when people start to go back yeah. and I'm like, okay, I almost died doing what I was doing. So I'm open to all possibilities at this moment. And mm-hmm. that was the message I kept getting from them. And it's, it, it just, again, solidified what I had thought when I was in fifth grade and then all the way through. And I'd battled with it. I wasn't ever perfect at it. Like, fuck this, I'm done. I, I kind of kept going back and forth, but that one was finally like, I'll take the morals that I got from it and I'll, I'll be that good person and I'll just take it at the, the core of love and acceptance. And that's what I'm going to move forward. That's why I started this because I've, I've had the fortune of traveling and meeting people and expanding my mind that way. So I was like, I'm going to put that as my target of my hometown, where I come from, the people and the hatred that was coming out of there. I'm going to put that as a target for people to hear conversations mm-hmm. with humans from all over and I'm going to call it beautifully yeah. human because it's the shit, it's the beauty, it's the, all of it. It's the life. It's, it's yeah. All of it. That makes us beautiful. Mm-hmm. All of the nuances yeah. and many facets. Cause we don't fit into a system. No. <laughs> how could we? And how boring, how boring if yeah. we all did. Mm-hmm. We're so boring. Totally. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> all right. I have two last questions for you. The first one is, what would you want the world to know about you, Megan? Hmm. What would I want the world to know about me? Gosh, that's a hard question. What comes to mind is that I feel like it's just important to have the world know that I'm an evolution. I don't ever want to, I don't know. I I think sometimes people expect me to, especially with a business, you know, have the same, even in branding, I learned, you know, you have your brand message, you stick with your brand message. And for me, like I have my through line, but my website changes all the time because I'm an evolution. (laughs) I'm not a brand. I'm a person who's offering services. So I feel like that's what I would want the world to know. It's like a, you know, a snake shedding its skin. It's always got another like layer to shed and each new layer reveals a new, you know, a new skin, a new being of sorts. So yeah, I don't know if you like things to be short with that answer or, or long, but that's what that's what popped in my head. <laughs> I have I have no preference. It's that's incredibly beautiful that that came out. I I as you were talking about that, I was like, man, that is so so brilliant. 
um, it, it took me back to kind of talking about my parents again, where I was saying how I felt and it was not being reciprocated and it was also getting put up and it eventually where it's ended at this moment was you've changed. This came from my father. It was like, you've changed. I have it. And I'm like, that's 36 years. That's not a, that's not the best option to not change for 36 years. So lots changed since 1985. Yeah. So I love, I think that's such a, a beautiful way to put it that I'm in evolution. I'm, I'm constantly changing because we all are, even if we don't mm-hmm. quote unquote change, life yeah. is moving. Like we're adapting to the nuances of life and just the experiences. Mm-hmm. And we should, we should change with that and, and evolve. Yeah. So I think it's well, really, and it really, yeah, it really is the choice too. We have to choose to evolve. Um, and like, like what you were just sharing, it sounds like the present choice that's being conveyed is that he doesn't want to change, you know? And like, I think that's something that's, it's so difficult when we do see that. Um, But it also kind of mirrors the different sides, I feel like of life of, you know, when we change, it's scary because you never know quite how it's going to be accepted. And, and we have people every day that are not accepted because they're willing to change. Right. But at the same time, it's so beautiful. And it is that evolution. And it is that, you know, becoming better people, not in the sense of like, you know, hierarchical better, but just like, I feel like better in the sense of, I think we become more inclusive. Yeah. Like the more we evolve, the more we accept the nuance, the more we recognize the nuance and are conscious of it. And it feels like even more beautiful, but yeah. 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 Evolution, Evolution here for it. Same, same. I think it's, that's fantastic. And I think it's, it's beautiful to put it out there that it's okay. I, I think like you said, people, people are getting shamed or made to feel bad because they're changing. And it's like, mm-hmm that's a beautiful part of life is, is change mm-hmm. and evolving. Yeah. So I think that's super powerful to put that out there because mm-hmm. of the time we're in and just in general in life, it's really beautiful. Totally. I think it's also just like, sorry, another thing that popped no, in my okay. head is I think it's also important to say that it is also okay to choose to not to change sometimes yeah. because like, I think of like younger Megan chose, like it was almost like my brain did not allow me to fully see that there were the incongruencies that there were because it would not have been safe for me to have deviated. Um, And I think that sometimes people are in that point too. And so like for people listening, there are, there are times when it might not be safe to deviate and to evolve. And so it's so important to know yourself and your situation and notice, okay, where can I cultivate the safe spaces so that it will be okay for me to evolve? Cause that's also a choice is if it's not safe now, how can you make it safe for yourself? Where can you start cultivating those spaces for yourself? So, yeah. Yeah. That's brilliant. Love that. All right. It's good stuff. <laughs> What's that? Good stuff. Yeah, good, <laughs> good conversations. Good stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, last question. If you had the ear of every single human in the whole world, what would you say to them? You're enough. Brilliant. That's it. I love it. That's so true. You as you is beautiful. You're beautifully mm-hmm. human. Yes. Go full circle. We all need to hear it. Yeah. So. Yep. Love it. Love it so <laughs> beautifully human. 
Well, Megan, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for chatting with me and imparting all your beautiful wisdom and knowledge into, into this conversation. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been a really fun conversation. I love kind of the different places that we meandered along the way. So yeah, thank you so yeah. much for having me. You're so welcome. And I hope you have a beautiful rest of your night. Yes, you as well. Thank you for listening to the Beautifully Human podcast. To hear more beautiful stories from beautiful humans, follow us on Spotify and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at the Beautifully Human Podcast. Peace signs up.